0: Welcome to the Mastering the Mind podcast, where we take you through professional elite athletes and coaches stories about how they cope with the psychological demands of competing at elite level. Today, we welcome Darren Ryan to the podcast. Darren is a UEFA licensed coach who currently works at Wolverhampton Wanderers FC's Academy as the elite player development manager.
1: Darren played professional football for Shrewsbury Town, Chester City, Stockport County, Rochdale AFC, and Newport Counter. Uh, he also previously managed Newtown, Airbus UK, and was the first team coach at Northwich Victoria. Uh, so let's welcome Darren to the podcast.
0: Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? How are yeah, good, good. How about yourself, Darren?
2: Yeah, good, good, busy. As yeah. you can imagine.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. No, it's, it's so nice to, to have you on. Thanks for kind of taking your time today. Yeah, to, uh,
2: no problem.
1: Yeah, to, to what, what's us, the so. schedule looking like at this uh, end of the season?
2: Uh, well, I've, been, uh, well, we had a, I've been over at, watching Wales in the 60s. We've got a lad there who's, play, who's in their training camp. So they play Turkey today, but he's an under-15 boy. So um, it's just April's mad because obviously the youth team got to the semi-final of the Youth Cup. So they're literally Saturday, Tuesday... Games now, they've got Man United tomorrow. Um, and then we've got a team out, we've got a 2008 in Dubai at the moment. The tournament, the 23s are off. the first team are off now for a, a bit because obviously Man City playing the semi final next weekend. So they, they, Bruno's given some time off, so they're, they haven't got, they're not in. So it's just getting to the end of the season for the 18s and 23s, probably in 16s and 15s. But we got lads going on because in my role now, lads going on international. We got a lad in the under 15s going with England, so I'm going to have to go over to Italy, and it's just, it's just, uh, just getting pre-season sorted as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you find the traveling? I don't mind it. Well, obviously, before COVID, because we got Chinese owners, like I went to China three. We like we went there three times that year, Um, but we get been established Premier League team now, that you're just getting tournaments. Talk. They're just what your, your tournaments. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. it's, it's it's fine. You know, we try and get the groups at least one of the groups. You know, away twice a year or that. But they, the thing is, it's just they throw it. You know, they 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 pay for probably everything on the on the ground. You just have to find your flights and everything like that. But we put that within the budget because it's yeah. um, it's listen. You're talking about it's great to put them under pressure. Do you know, you've got. You know, uh, you've got to put them. Um, you they they go into these tournaments and they're coming. You know, it's different cultures, different teams, different styles. Do you know what I mean, it's it 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 shows you a lot about the players really when you take them to these tournaments. Massive the development, hundred percent. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, just taking it back to to yourself. Um, a great place we like to start uh, with our guests and for the listeners to sort of get to know you. is yeah. If you give us like an overview of sort of your journey to date to where you are now, so like. Who is Darren Ryan to
2: our listeners? Right. um, My journey obviously came out of grassroots football uh, and then obviously went to Shrewsbury Town Football Club then, uh, where I'd done a um, obviously YTS, it was called then, not a scholarship. Um, Had about three or four years there, moved on to Chester City, where I had a little bit of a short. Short time there. I was I was then swapped in a swap deal at Stockport County. That was in League One. So, Shrewsbury was in League One. Okay. Um, and then, obviously, Stockport County then, and Chester in League One. Um, went on to Rochdale uh, and then come out of probably the Football League system I then went into the Welsh system with, with Barry Town and we were full-time then. Yeah. Um, you know, they were the only full-time team in the Welsh Premier League then, And then... Um, had some time then with TNS, uh Harvard West teams down South Wales, moved back to where I'm from, Oser Street, and then obviously I went into Newtown there, where I knew I the manager I played with at Chester, so I was like coming to the end of my career then. Um, and obviously um played, you know, played about a year and a half there, and then he went, obviously, uh had the sack, and then I took over and for me, since spent four and a half years there during managing and dealing with different pressure of the pressure, of, you know, the, the pressure of that was winning winning it on a Saturday. Um and it was obviously different pressures to what I've I've got now. Um, but obviously then I went into into the Academy football then because I knew Kev Fairwell from my time at Shrewsbury and he was academy manager. Now he's now technical director at Everton. Um so he was academy manager at um at uh, Wolves and I went in as a part-time coach and then got a full-time role as head of wide youth development phase, um, led that for a few years. Then I went to be under 23's assistant to Scott Sellers who's now our technical director at Wolves. Then I was head coach of under 18s for two years and then I went into like a split role. I was an elite development coach plus assistant Steve Davis for the 18s and now I've been obviously moved into the role for you know the that's my role now as league player development manager, which is more head of player development as well for for the academy from under nine to under 23s now.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Before we dive into sort of your your career, um, I had a question. Every Christmas, me and my brother do this thing where we get like a mystery football jersey for, and it's like a box and you just get a, a random top. <laughs> and uh, I actually got a team from the Wales leagues, so and I'm not sure whether you know them, but they're called no. uh, Blenavon Blues. Do you, do you know? Do you know of them?
2: No, I don't know them. No, no,
1: no. Are they from down? Are they
2: south? They, they sound Southwalian to me. They do.
1: I, I think they're uh, pretty, pretty low tier. They're not in the Premier League. They're no. uh, a bit further down. But I, because normally I do like a foot. I play football manager. and Normally I do a save with the, uh, whoever, whatever team I get, and they're not yeah. even on the game. So I didn't know whether you knew them or not.
2: No, I don't know them. i not. I I know quite a lot of watch teams. Take from me, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like to say. I've done no, do. around, especially down South Wales. I was at Newport County, Merthyr Timble and that. So yeah, yeah.
0: Good, good experience. Good life experience as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, yeah, obviously, this is a sports psychology podcast, and I was yeah. actually really curious to kind of know, like, as a player yourself, did you kind of experience maybe any like mental demands or like any like performance slump, slumps, low confidence, or anything like that to do with like kind of sports psychology as a, as a player, or because obviously like the Space of football has changed so much, and like you know, these, these past years, there's like a heavy focus on like well-being and you know performance now. So,
2: yeah, it's it's kind it's, of it. it's, it's very interesting you say that because we, we have conversations. You know, listen, I'm I'm coming up 50 now. We have conversations. <laughs> you know, with the, the old guard, I call us the old guard about obviously there's a lot of us, you know, ex-players there. And obviously, we'll, we'll probably go on to it. The site support that's in place now for the players is is unbelievable. Do I mean? And it's, you know, what? And we also what? What was our site support? What was our well-being support? Yeah. And it, it was, it was probably because the amount of staff. Now, I could, you know, if you come into our place, you'd the amount of support staff that's, that's there for these players is unbelievable. Like when I, you know, when I was playing, it was a youth manager or the first team manager, system manager, a physio. That was that was it. And I think. The psych support you got was from the when I was a young player was from the older players. Where do you do know, you know I mean? And I, I got I got that support and yes, it, you know, I always I always knew you know playing you know playing and going out and playing in front of of crowds. Jeremy you know I mean? And it was like, I could, can I just? Sorry, the ball's going absolutely nuts here. I do apologise. <laughs> just moving up into the room now I do
1: apologize for this no um, there's
0: no problem Have <laughs> a lucky
1: uh, here. my dog doesn't bark somehow
2: it's a <laughs> it, it's a mute <laughs> literally
0: the quiet, quietest dog ever
2: right, yeah. Like but, uh, yeah so I I think you know the support I got was probably from the from the old, you know the experienced players and um and speaking mm. to them um I <laughs> I did find, yeah, I, I did have pressures. You, you think you're the thing with thing with me. I always used to. You knew when you had a good game, Jeremy. You, know I mean? you, you knew, and obviously, I had my dad. My dad was a my probably my biggest critic as well. And I always say this, Jeremy, you know I mean? where you know, like you said, he would never really praise me in front of people, but then praise me to me mum. So yeah, there was times that you. I think deep down, I knew when I hadn't played well. Um, and you got that impression from the supporters as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, say, I was talking to a funny because I was talking to an ex-teammate today. Who um, he's a he's a physio. He's head of uh, sports science and physio at Wales. John Conley, and he was and we were having a bit of banter. Do you know what I mean? Because I was a bit of a I'd say a bit of a flair and a, didn't want to really tackle. And he was having me today. He said, "Oh." He, Daz was all right when we were 3-0 up and we were uh, you know, we were uh, you know, having loads of the ball. But when we you won one well, in the trenches with you, we do, were having a bit of joke about it. But yeah, I think I think you put yourself under a lot, of, you know, you obviously put yourself under a lot of pressure and and it was tough, but I, I found a way with coping, it was was speaking to the older players and the experienced players.
1: How did you sort of cope with them pressures back then? Obviously, you got support from the older players, but were there any sort of things that you put in place yourself um to
2: cope with the pressure? Um I, probably not. Probably yeah, not. It- dealing, if I'm being honest, dealing with with pressure, it was it was a bit different. You you know, you you could have a drink that many years ago. Do I you know, yeah. And you know, we you hear the stories of of the older generation and how you know a drink. It was a drinking cult. There was yes. a drinking culture. Do you know, And it was yeah. like, you know, yeah, you used to put yourself under pressure, and you know. And I look back on it, and I've, I've you know I've been on courses where you talk about imagery. You know, you you you're you're running the game through your mind the night before. And I do. I used to do that a, a lot when I was managing and and coaching. Do you know, I mean, how the game you how you wanted the game to go and how mm. and probably I went through that and I didn't know about Im- imagery until I went on these courses and I think I used to go that used to be me I used to think mm. about that do you mean and and then like you said it's it's you know you used to, I don't know it's, it was it was difficult it was difficult like you said I talk about but then to forget about the bad, bad performances it was then to go now, three or four, you know, you'd have a drink in the players' bar and then you'd get home and then you'd be out with your mates and then it would all be forgotten and then yeah. the next game would be back on on Tuesday. or you'd be in training Monday and the, and the next game was on Tuesday. Mm. Uh, yeah, did, So
1: you talk about, uh, obviously, you did like the imagery. You didn't know it was, you were doing imagery, but you were doing it at uh, the night before. <laughs> uh, we we love routines on like, this podcast, you know. Uh, we're a bit, really big advocate of that. What yeah. sort of was your routine going into games like that? Maybe from the night before into the morning to then three o'clock kickoff. Like what would be your routine to get yourself into that optimal state?
2: Um, Obviously you train, you train on the, you know, the Friday, you go through your match preparation and everything. Um, and then depending if it was home, home, you know, home game was just, you know, I, I there was some times where I used to stay, if I, Talking about, look at Stockport, sometimes I'd stay over it because I did have digs there at that time, do you know what I mean? But sometimes I'd come home because I'd feel more relaxed sleeping at my, in my own house. And then obviously you'd have you'd have your pre-match meal, you know, about normally about 11 o'clock I would. And then obviously I would travel in with a, a player who lived in Rex and we were, you know, I'm big, you know, still big friends with Andy Priest who we went on to play for Crystal Palace and we, you know, we and it, and then you'd relax, me and him would probably relax each other, where he probably, you know, he was, you know, I think, he, what was his 26, 27 then? And he, I don't think he felt, you know, I would put, probably put myself under pressure more than probably what Priesty would put himself under. And then obviously then away, sometimes the away games, you were there the night before, during the evening meal, the, you know, the pre-match, the pre-match meetings. Um, and then it's just, like I say, they were, you know, I'll tell you a story now. We we drew I was at Rochdale and we were playing uh Liverpool. I'm a massive Liverpool fan, by the way. So oh. we were playing Liverpool. We're gonna have <laughs> we to end playing... this podcast here because
1: we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're big United fans. Oh no. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, nice
2: not so, talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, so we'd drawn um, we we'd won Beat Darlington to to play Liverpool at at uh, Anfield in the in the FA Cup. And it was a Friday, and I'd come home, and a lot of, like I say, it was a big thing for me to play at Anfield, and there was, a, like I say, local, you know, Oswestry, everyone knows A, a few buses were going from Oswestry of the the local um, kids teams and that, and I could not sleep. And one of my mates used to work in a pub in Oswestry, and I, I and I remember knocking on the knocking on the watch it at the pub, and I ended up we must have sat there till about one o'clock, half one, because I couldn't I couldn't cope with what was. Going to happen tomorrow, me playing at Anfield. Do you know what I mean? That's and he impressive. always tells the story that, and I, you know, to this, I did have a couple of pints. Yeah, I did, because I could not, I couldn't sleep. I I went to the pub at 11, half 11, and we were in there till about half one, it, it, even two o'clock, having a couple of nights, because I could not, I could not sleep and, and deal with probably the pressure that, oh my God, I'm going to be in front of about 30 odd thousand tomorrow. Do yeah. you know, And I've never, I'd never experienced that.
1: No, but well, you hear about, you know, all the ex-Arsenal players. Like, obviously, Paul Merson's been very yeah. vocal about, you know, his, their drinking culture back then. So, yeah, it was a big thing back then. And obviously, times yeah. have changed. But was there anything you, you talk about? You, you were quite a flary player, did you say? Um, <laughs> yeah. What was sort of your main attributes, would you say, uh, psychologically? So, like, were you quite a confident player, would you say?
2: Yeah, I, I think I always used to try and get a good first... I probably knew if I was going to have a decent game because I, on my first three or four touches, if I got if I got I've done something really good, skillfully, or I've done a good pass or I put a good cross in, and then that's when I thought that's when the confidence just went you know got through me. Then I I just felt more confident. But then if I had a bad touch or a bad couple of crosses and that, you could it was. I also, you know, you speak to the players now about not, try, you know, not hiding, receiving under pressure, but, you know, we were having a banter today and probably Sean's right that like I didn't really want to, oh God, I didn't really want the ball in, in, in certain situations or on certain pitches, do you know I mean? It's, it was about, you know, I always tried to get a, a good first touch, a good first pass or a good first cross in uh, and that, that's what gave me the confidence then to go and perform probably, you know, on the consistent basis in in, in the game. Um, but then, you know, there's some things where it wasn't a good touch, it wasn't a good, and then it just seemed to go. It just seemed to go down. You know, you, your performance started to, you know, get get worse really as as the game went on. Then,
0: yeah, yeah the start of the game is always so important, isn't it? Like starting, yeah. you know, really well, and then yeah, the rest of the game is fine. But fast forward, um, you got obviously into coaching. So as a player. Did you kind of know that was the next step for you? Like, were you always that, did you always have that in your mind?
2: Um, probably. I didn't really because I come back, I moved back from South Wales up to North, uh, up, back up to Oswestry, and like you say, Newtown. We're in the Welsh Premier, League. I played mm. with Roger Priest, who was the manager then. And I went in, I was like coming to the end of, of my career, and I remember you know helping him out, and and obviously you know and. Getting a little bit involved with the coaching while I was still playing and that, and then obviously Roger, Roger left, and I had left. I'd said to Roger, I can't play anymore because I'd had a couple of operations on my knees. And my knees were starting to go. It was like getting a bit. I couldn't do two games a week, I, and I wasn't really enjoying it. So I just said it's probably time for me to to finish then. And then obviously I had quite a good relationship with the chairman at Newtown then, and then he rang me to to obviously take over in the you know just for the. Just to help him out, really, and then, like I said, I, you know, it was. I got the, I got the bug then. Do you know what I mean it was like you know the you know, the passion? Because like I say, I'm, you know, I, I, it comes from a good place. sometimes, and I'll talk about how how I've been on the side of the pitch. It used to, it used to go overboard if I'm being honest. Do you know what I mean because you, I was kicking at every ball with every with the players on the pitch, and that wasn't helping. If I'm being brutally honest, wasn't helping the players. Because it wasn't just. I remember when I used to play, and people used to shout at me. That used to make me, oh my god, you know, really nervous when I was on the ball. And I'm thinking, I'm doing the same as I didn't like to be, you know, done to me. To me, mm. it was just, it was just getting to grips as well. Because obviously, Newtown were were a part-time club, so there were. Tri- it was getting used to the. And I don't mean this in in a bad way. It was the standard of the players that obviously. You know, coming from where, you know, where I'd had a, a small professional career where I could play, you know, you could play with players that, that were on the same level as you, but then I was managing players. So I was thinking, why can't they do, you know, why can't they do that? Why can't they do that? And that's that's when you got to take a step back and go, listen, they're working. And that's what I I realised. You know, I, I if you speak to players that play for me, they love playing for me because I would yes, I would rant and rave, but but I knew they'd been working all week. Come come Tuesday or come Saturday, they were playing, yes, they were getting paid, but not lots of money. And I always said, win, lose, or draw. We, you know, you I haven't got a problem with you know, having us, it's all forgotten. It's forgotten then. mean? we'll have our stay after the game and then we'll go and have a beer together. I think it was it was just getting used to them, used to it when I first went in there of the standard and th- you know why not not like I say I keep going, not being disrespectful to the league, but n- Understanding why these players were playing part-time football instead of being in the professional game.
1: Yeah. well, it sounds like you got sort of thrown into coaching, so you had to quickly learn on the job. So it's good that you sort of had those reflections. Um, yeah. What so today? What, what is sort of your coaching philosophy now? Obviously, you, you've you've developed loads since then. You know, what are your values as a coach, and what's your philosophy? Uh,
2: the philosophy is, it's as a coach. Yeah. You yeah. I think I say I've done a lot of. When I first went in, I, I was a, I was the same. I was you know I, I I would call it the commentating coaching. I was kicking every ball and telling the players what to what to do. And I'm thinking, if they're gonna if we're, I'm developing players like we are at Wolves now to play in the Premier League in front of 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 players, are they going to hear the coach from the side of the pitch? Really, we have to. And what's we got? That's what we as a football club we we. We really want to make decision makers. So letting the players make the decisions. Yes, we can guide and we can support and cope in the in the in the sessions, but predominantly we have got to make these players the decision makers. They can't we can't be making the decisions and paint I call it painting by numbers, going right, you go there, you pass it there. These players have got to make the decisions when when they're in that moment, when they're un, we talk about under pressure, when they're under pressure, when they're gonna be playing in front of going to tournaments where, you know, it's in front of 30, 40, 50,000. When these players, when they get to, have got to go on loan to League One, to League Two clubs, when it's, you know, it's 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 basic, it's a results-based base then. Now, you know, development is, we're developing these players to make decision-makers. But then when they get to the business end, when, it, you know, it's developing and then how, to, you know, if they go to a League One and they're battling relegation or they're battling promotions to get into the playoffs, it's developing that, Developing these players and making them understand how how that how they can perform under that pressure.
1: Mm. I suppose it, like I'm obviously in my sports psychology career. I've had to reflect on my philosophy and my yeah. values, and it sounds similar to you know how I'd like if I was to consult with a client in terms of you building that. Self sufficiency within the player, in terms yeah. of you know when they're on the pitch. After working with you on the training pitch, when they go onto the pitch, they're able to make decisions based off what you've taught them by themselves. Uh, um, yeah, so that's super I, important.
2: Yeah, I always, I always say to the players, your exam is the Saturday or the Sunday when they, when they're playing. So you, you have your yeah, you it's like school. You have your lessons through the week. Don't because we have them in three four times a week. So your lessons are the week, but then. You're going to be judged on your exam or test is at the end of the week what you've worked on during the week then you know uh, and as well as as obviously the decision makers, we're massive on behaviors. we have we, we're massive on behaviors um, and and at the football club do I mean like you say you know we've got values at the football club which the players you know and the staff we all you know we abide by these these behaviors and if the behaviors aren't right then you don't like to say no you won't be rewarded or you won't put you know things consequences we talk about the, the psychotic consequences to the actions and do you know what i mean it's you know and, and then like i say to you it's understanding every individual is different uh and like I say you've got you've got to understand the individual as well
0: mm, yeah. you've kind of shed light on you know the work you're kind of doing at, at wars so do you think you could run us through kind of your what your daily roles consist of like at the academy um, to kind of shed light on
2: that? Our rules.
0: Uh, your roles. Sorry. Oh, it's my no. accent. It's my accent. Sorry.
2: Sorry. <laughs> so, so, what, sorry, sorry. So, uh, my role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my role now is as so I literally um, look after all the in, the, the, the head, of, like the players, around, the individual players. So they will get, um, obviously, every, every player gets an ILP, individual learning plan. And then mm-hmm. it, then what I look at is I probably look at the top end, so like the elite players, so they'll get a four-corner ILP. And then it's, I work with the coaches, the nutritionists, the psychologists, the sports science, all the team that supports this individual then on, what, on how his plan is going to get, obviously delivered then so i will check in you know i will hold accountable to the sports science staff to the coaches are they delivering this is the player improving is he still working on his super strength so we will have six week mdt meetings from foundation well foundation do 12 weeks ydp pdp do six week uh, reviews on on every single player so we will speak about every single player in, in a meet in a in the review and that's not just the coaches every part of the mdt is in that meeting and they will they will speak about their bits in that in, in obviously like you say how he's developed plus education you know it's 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 massive you know for the individual players. so then i what i do then i will look at our elite players are they getting chat they will the elite players will get three week plans on their program they will have a training a three week training and games program so we we're, we're a massive cl- uh, football club now that challenges the player. So we will bump players up to play up. So literally our 23s are under 19s and our 18s are under 17s. Um, we've had like, and our 15s are literally 16s. Yeah. So, like I say, the coaches will will send, will, will go to speak to me about their three-week plans. But the thing is for me, is not having these players in, we call them red zone games. So we don't want them playing and you're really fighting against it every week. We want them to have, you know, no amber amber games, green games. So they are getting a bit of a mixture of success, plus then getting challenged. We're big, you know, we're we're a massive club that wants to challenge the players, Jeremy. And then obviously, then then you go into the PDP, and then you're at the top end. You're looking at the loans then. You know, I, I, I speak with the loans manager, Matt Jackson, about, you know, he will, he will decide which, you know, what club is suited for that player. We, we go into that much detail. It's what what club is suited for the player that they're going to go into loan. It's not about, oh, we can go to that club. It's, right, is he going to develop, is he going to continue his development going on loan, going on loan to that club in that position? So that we do look at, and we do look at stats as well, stats around... So if I take Connor Cody, who's our middle of a back three, we'll look at Connor's physical stats. How he psychologically fantastic, Jeremy. You, know I mean? you know, you can see how he speaks on it. You know, he's really good, really. So we look at then the players that playing this position coming up through the academy. Right, what is his physical stats? What is his technical stuff like? What is his sight? You know site really good, you know captain captain of the football club massive personality, speaks really well, I mean organises so we look at every we, we're always looking at the one that's there and the ones that are coming up, so the 15, what's the 18 centre back looking like what's the 23 centre back looking like for the 18 and then what's the first team centre back looking for the 23 so we're always looking, we always work to a succession plan of what is underneath and what's above
1: Oh, yeah, I love that. Mm. real, real detail, really detailed. You mentioned um, education there uh, yeah. like, a, a bit further back. Um, I've done a lot of research around uh, released academy footballers. so It's good, obviously, that you're focusing on education. I just wanted, had a few questions around, you know, how yeah. important is that within their plans? Because obviously not every academy player is going to make it to the first team. So a lot are going to get released and... A positive transition factor, what I found in the literature is a higher educational status and having a wider yep. identity interest outside of just football. Um, so you know, what is the education
2: sort of plan uh, at Wolves? Oh, it's 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 big. We 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 changed we changed it um probably when I was just as I was coming out of the 18s coach. What it used to be it used to be a whole Wednesday for education for the under 18s. Mm. What we found is Concentration for a whole day to put them through that, and to put the, the teachers as well. Because we've got we've got two full time under under-18s teachers, so we always think the little the little like two hour slots here. You get the you get the players, you know, especially after training, they get them more focused. So we we split it over a week now. I think there's one day where they don't do education. Apart from that, they do it four days a week, where it's really, you know, these like hour and a half sessions, you know, we, as well as that, they've got player care. We have player care sessions every week, do you know I mean? So, oh, you know, yeah. So the education is massively important. And then with the younger ones, we've got like a partner school, Thomas Telford School in Telford. So what happens is we have obviously, we, we call it school release. So the, from under 12s, we bring the boys in Um. Majority of them do half a day, but then the, the elite ones will do a full day. But there is two education slots within they've not they're not brought out of school and go right, we're not doing education with them. They have education, two slots within that day where they'll do education, brought to the they'll cut then they'll train, then they'll do some analyst gym stuff, then they'll have another block of education. So it, it, it's literally, yeah, there's two there's two slots of education. And I think from next year. Uh, I think there's a rule in now that under eleven players will not be allowed to come out school schoolly so it starts at under twelve zone. but there is two slots of education in um, in the day for the for the players that are the schoolboy players really the schoolboy players.
1: I love that how you know you sort of reflected and actually analyzed how the players sort of are reacting to that full day because it'd be easy for a club to just say, yeah, we, we cover education, we put them in that full day, but it's actually, you know, how much are they getting out of that day? So it's good that you've sort of split it over and you really oh, understand definitely. that. It's, it's really, you know, good to hear that um, because obviously that's a topic that's really close to my heart. in well, terms of.
2: We're, and we're honest with our induction as well. So we do present, we have an induction for, for Foundation, YDP and PDP. And we're very honest with the parents to say, listen, 0.09% of Academy Play, you know, uh, players will play in the Premier League, and I think yeah. it's. I think it, it's sometimes we were like, do we hit them with it? And he's, I think we've got. To, but what you'll, you know, you've got to, you've got to be honest. I think you've got to be honest from the start. And I think, but what also we say is, we're here to make you not just better, better footballers, better people. You'll have the uh, unbelievable experiences of going abroad and playing against different, you know, different clubs and different nationalities. You're going to be on this journey, which will you know, and we—I always present, and I always say, it, the journey ain't—it's not that; it's that, and there is going to be ups and downs in it. You know, in life, I, I'm afraid, but yeah. but what you'll find, you—you you know, the experience you'll have at this football club will be unbelievable. But like you say, it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it, it's, it's really, like you say, telling them at the start of the journey. That's classic. Yeah. honestly. That's. Uh...
1: Yeah I love that I love that honestly um but yeah in terms of your role as well do you ever do like any hands on coaching um, Yeah. so i have a question around um you know what are the most important psychological attributes for a coach would you say you know what do you feel makes a successful coach um
2: what well, just i think i think it's psychologically it's not it's for me it's not it's making sure it's not about me. It's about, it's about the players. I think a lot of, if you, you know, some coach of met, it's about, oh, how does that look on me? And, and, you know, we're a massive one for, for individuals. And, you know, what, I, you know, what, like I say, some I, I feel like I, I am an energizer and I, I'm, I've worked at the club 11 years. The, you know, more than Gibbs White is probably our, a most valuable asset who's a loan at, at Sheffield United Ryan Giles is at Blackburn Dion Sanderson is at, at QPR you know Luke Candle's just played in our first team now an academy graduate Chem Campbell but with the three boys I mentioned first who have been we're at our club from under eights I come in I had that group from under 12s and I literally went straight up you know straight I, I literally went with them 12, 13, 14, 15 and I have a I, you know, the relationship I got with them and the trust they got from me, yes, I had some difficult conversations with them and with parents, I had some with, you know, and, and Morgan's parents would be the first to admit, yes, and, and that, but what I've, I've always had that relationship and I text him now, he's on, you know, we have, we still have, you know, he still trusts me, he still, he still has that relationship with, although he's played in the Premier League, he's won the World Cup, that. With England under 17s, you know he's one of the best players in the championship at the moment. Sheffield United, but he still has that trust with me, and I think it's un- for me. It's understanding. It's understanding the individual because um, every individual's different, um, and that's you know part of our site support is we do we will do formulations if we feel it's right to with with a player, and that might be a formulation with the MDC staff. Around the player, uh, and obviously we, what we've done before, we have had the parents in as well. So it's it's getting to know the background, getting to know the understanding. Because I think it's so important, you know, the psych support you have for the players now. You know, years ago, it's everyone just used to look at technical tactical, technical tactical. Psych is one of the most important corners of a player's development. Yes. Definitely, without a fact, and I say, and and the more people that you can, you know, you, that can understand the player. And if we have, a, if we, you know, we, we grade them red, amber, green, if it, you know, we might have a bit, you know, a formulation with the staff around the player, but then it's realising if he does show these traits, every member of staff that he is in contact with knows how to deal with it. Then when we knew, when we obviously have the feedback from the formulation around the player with the parents as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: you kind of mentioned something there so like obviously having difficult conversations with parents it it can be kind of a stressor for coaches is is there anything else that you've kind of found challenging like throughout your kind of coaching career like obviously you know coaches their roles you know there's quite quite a high turnover um is there any like kind of stresses you've kind of experienced personally throughout your your career as a coach Um, like you say you know i think
2: we're we're educating the parents more now, I think, Jeremy, you know I mean, to yeah. understand. You know that, you know, we we you've got to trust, trust, trust us, Jeremy. You know I mean? We, you know, we. I think the best thing to do, you know, is if you can evidence stuff to parents on. You know, I've been there eleven years, and I, would, yeah. you know, always go back to evidence about players that obviously have gone through and have progressed. You've got to, you've got to trust the coaches, Jeremy. You know. What I mean? you know yeah, yeah. listen you inv- you know we do involve the parents and it, it, it's great that we have these relationships with the parents uh, you know and like I say parents want want to be involved and want to be kept updated and i think like you say that you know sometimes you have to have honest conversations you know with parents and with players to i mean um about where they are at that time in their career and 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 that and you know the difficult conversations that i've had over it is when you know, you've had a lad through or something and, and and he doesn't get that scholarship, or he doesn't, you know, and, and you've got to let a boy go. They're they're the most difficult conversations, you know, especially when you've been with when you've seen this boy's journey, you know. That, that, you know, when I was 16's coach and and sitting in with the academy manager to tell them, Oh, yes, they were gonna get a scholarship, but they weren't. They were really hard, hard discussions and and you felt you emotionally. It, it felt really tough because you got to know the parents as well. That's like, talk about the relationship. You got to know the parents. It's great, the ones that get through, and you see that. But then the ones then that obviously don't make it, or we don't take. But one thing we have got is a is a fantastic like um, strategy in place for players that don't get. So you know the the CV that we we put out. You know we put out for the players. The contacts we have, you know, you you know, you you get to know people. Or oh, listen, you know, what right, what might not be right for us might be right for another club, and you find out that most of the players that do go on, you know, especially at that sixteen level, will get other clubs. streaming you know, and it's great. And some, and I always say sometimes great if you go, you go out and go and prove, you know, prove us wrong, and and that that's like say that that's fantastic. It, but I just find that the, the difficult conversations are around them and. Sometimes maybe with your staff, if your staff aren't, because we do, you know, for my role, I'm holding staff accountable on physical corner, you know, nutrition, you know, coaches, and it's sometimes it is a difficult conversation. No, because I, because there's always somebody higher than you, and somebody higher you will be looking at, will be saying to me, why is he, why is he not improving physically, or his stats aren't right, or is, you know, he hasn't improved six in the last six months, and then I have to hold, and the coaches and. The staff know they're going to be held accountable because I'm held accountable from above me and then it's yeah. like say there's all we always say there's always somebody higher than you uh, and that's that's sometimes a difficult conversation then to have to say why you know what is going on yeah
1: 100 I, I bet it's so difficult honestly um, being within player development obviously talking about players getting their scholars. Yeah. You know, what are the main sort of attributes, psychological attributes that you look for, or qualities in academy players to sort of make that bridge to either getting a scholar or getting a pro contract? You know, oh. what do you look for? And is it uh, position specific? You know, in your goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, attackers? Um, no, we
2: I think the site the psych. Uh, probably what we look inside. They have got to be driven. Uh, we we work to drive, regulate and openness, so they're the three things we work with. Um, I always, say, you know, we we always have comments. People that have, people that have obviously worked at our place who have played, do they love that? We all say, do they love the game? Do they love coming into train? Do they love playing the playing the game of football? Because I always say to them, you come. Some of you know when they, you know, listen. They're gonna have off days. I know that, and it's a lot sometimes when they've been at school. You know, you you've been at school all day, then you're coming into train, but. To play football and to be in an academy and 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 even at the PDP to be a professional footballer, you should you, you've got to have a love for the game. You've got to have a drive to want to to want to be successful, to want to improve. Can you you know we talk about self-regulate regulate your emotions? Can you know we talk about can he what's he like when things aren't going right? Do you know what I mean how does he react to that? Do you know what I mean? can he cope? Can he cope, or does he need some support? Do you know what I mean? And then obviously then the openness, the openness to wanna to want to improve, to want to, you know, is he there early training? Is he out? Is he out doing his own individual stuff? Do you know what I mean? We always look at them attributes of a player. But a big thing for me, he's got he's got to love the game. He's got to love the game, as well as them, obviously them three, what we say, has he got the drive? Does he want to be the best he can be?
1: I love that. For sure.
0: In in terms of like the psych support at the academy, we we're really curious to kind of know how how is that kind of implemented? Like, what type of support? Like, are players given support at every level, or mm-hmm. when when are they kind of introduced to the kind of psychology side of you know football?
2: So we obviously the psych department. We work yeah. with a a company called Changing Minds. Okay. Yeah. So we've got um Kate Ludlum, who was the PDP psychologist, is now the first team psychologist. So mm-hmm. it is filtered, you know what I talked about, the drive, the self-regulate openness. It's filtered from the first team right the way down. So Kate is head is the head of you know, head of psychology. Then we've got Alex Feary who does PDP and sixteens. Then we've got Isabel Kennedy that does the YDP, and then we've got James Maurice that does. Um, the foundation. And so we're covered in every, every phase. And then we've got um, Lewis, who's our clinical psychologist. So we have a meeting um, every month on the, obviously the wellbeing, that, that more wellbeing with the clinical psychologist that, so that obviously players are discussed in, in, in that, you know, um, with obviously the PDP the foundation and the obviously the ydp then and that's every month that one so but they are not the, the psychologists are not are not full full time they're in two to three days a week so mm-hmm. what well, I think we're all psychologists if I'm being not Jeremy and I think I think yes they are but they 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 speak to us around like I spoke to you about is then around the player Certain players will get into. Don't get me wrong; they, they will work individually with the psychology. But what, what it is, is then understanding? We'll have the meetings. Understanding we do a, a psych, um, obviously a, a sheet at the beginning of the season where they fill in, and 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 then obviously what kind of support that is. Then is it a green? Is it a you know a green, amber, or a red? Where it's then the red is the formulation where we go into a little bit more detail, and then it's then. All the MDT staff are, are involved in that, so the MDT staff know if this happens with this player, this is the way probably we have to have to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? And it's you know every player is like I say, every player is different. You can't go to every player and just give them an absolute rollicking if if, if something if something's happened, it's how you deal with that. How you know? And I think we've done a lot. We've done a few formulations with parents, and it's been brilliant. You know, the ones that we felt. You know, we need a formulation here with the parents, understanding the background, how they how they cope, and 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 then get, and what we do, we get all the staff involved in that, and it's really it, it, we call it the elephant in the room. We we really we really go into loads of detail, and and the but the psychologists will lead that process, and then obviously there's actions that come out of that process then. So mm. there really is big psych support, and then we do have um, team psych sessions as well. You know, we'll we'll identify uh, as a squad at the moment that need you know emotionally, uh, you know a younger group emotion, they need work emotionally because they literally, they literally you know they'll start losing and it's like it's yeah. like it's like oh my god we're losing do you I mean and and I know a lot of work's going going on around that group at the moment as a as a team do you know what I mean as well as the individual work.
1: Yeah, you mentioned like hey, Alex and Isabel there. Are they part of like changing minds? Are they like an external company
2: that comes into? Walls? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, they, yeah. So I think Brighton use changing minds as well. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my supervisor actually, um, it works at changing minds. So, uh, so
2: yeah, that's that's yeah, funny. They're, the, the, yeah, the, they're very, they're, they're very uh, good. They're very, nah, yeah, yeah, because listen, we're in an office and, you know, it's, you, you know, I, I'm one, you know, I'm, I'm same and, you know, coaches will come in and they'll start ranting and raving about, do you know what I mean, about certain player and things like that. And it's great because we have an open office, you know, mm. and, and obviously the site supports there and it's, it's good that they, you know, you know what they're like, they, I can see them thinking and then they'll come and speak to me about, you know, and about probably not, you know, what well, you call it the bias then, didn't it? Because that, that rubs on and on to the other coach, he'll think that about that player, then that coach will think that' the same about that, so it's making sure that's not you know it's 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 probably coming to take take time come and speak to myself or come and speak to the the psychologist because what happens is you know it's like it's a trigger thing then that coaches have that they'll just think that of that player because that coach has told them that you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's not getting a biased about a player and it's under- we're massively now understanding the individual hundred yeah. percent.
1: Do you yeah. think sports psychology is also useful for coaches as well, like consultants with yeah. the coaches?
2: Do you ever get yeah. that at Wolves? Yeah, yeah. We uh, a few. Our head of football, John, at uh, Barrett Hall, with uh, you know, he always has a catch up with the side, you know, the psych support. And I used, you know, we Kate, Kate was Kate worked a lot with me on my emotional regulation on the side of the pitch, massively, massively. Um, she was like PDP when I was 18's coach then, because mm. and then when Steve, uh, Steve Davis he come in as head coach and, and I was assistant and we were quite sometimes it's better to have one we were quite similar do you know what I mean we were very emotional on the side of the pitch yeah. and we had to and and she done a lot she done a lot of work um with with myself about you know you know even had a plan for the game really you know they'll get you know you know, Steve used to give me, and then we, you know, Steve used to give me the task. Right, you sort the shape of the opposition and where their strengths are and weaknesses. And I, even when I was like the head coach of the 18th just to take a step back to really cut, really, we went into really fine detail of what does the first 10 minutes look like, what does the next 10 minutes look like, mm. what does the next set? So really looking at the first half and then how. How then, obviously, the halftime team talks, we used to let the, you know, we, we do a lot of the, you know, obviously, we set them objectives at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the of the game. And then we get them, sometimes we'll send the defenders, like, say, defenders, midfielders, or strikers, and they'll come back and they'll they'll speak about their units, really, before the coach. Because what what you used to find, even I, when I first started, used to just throw about 20 things at them, drumming, and it was all trimming, right. where... Well, hang on a minute. What are your objectives for the game? Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's me as a coach, and I'm telling the younger coaches, you're going away from what your object you set the players. So the players you set the players at the start of the game, and then you tell you going half-time, and everything's changed. Do you know what I mean? You need to go back. The, the players will learn and you'll help them become better if you revert back to the objectives you've set at the beginning at the beginning of the game. Don't yeah. go off, try not to go try not to go off tangent and just speak yeah. about generic things really because you just lose you lose the players yeah
0: yeah those 15 minutes are crucial aren't they and like yeah. overloading the players with so much information is not useful is it I mean, not, yeah.
2: no and giving them the chance to speak let yeah. them because nine times out of ten they'll give you what you're, you've you got written down in your pad i guarantee it they'll give you what you're saying <laughs> yeah.
1: I found, love like, with this conversation with you, I feel like when you reflect as a coach, you sort of reflect on how you'd like to be treated as a player. And then yeah. you then put that into practice uh, when, when you work with the players. It's obviously, you've got a real big uh, value of psychology there, which I, I love and obviously yeah. the reason why I, I go on the pod.
2: Listen, I'm the first to I was an emotional wreck when I first started coaching. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <that's laughs> honestly, honestly, you, oh, God, I, you know, my... You know when I went into mine, my wife she used to dread it if we lost because it, like I say, it was it was about the three points and it was it would make or break my weekend. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, but you'd come from the culture from
1: back then. Yeah. That's how it was. That's how it was. I'd either be there or there. Between. But yeah, no. In terms of like your career now, you know, what are your sort of future ambitions and aspirations as a coach or in your
2: role now at Wolves? Um, i've been in this role now probably what's it coming up a year and a half as 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 this role and i'm really really enjoying it do you know what i mean it's it's it really gives me a chance to focus on on the individual program plus then i do look at i do look at the coaching program as well because that fits in with what the individual program looks like as well so and then you know i'm really enjoying it at, the, at the moment this role do you know what i mean i think you know, longer term Do I, I do like the scouting. I do, you know, I do like, you know, um, going and watching players. And, you know, I've been today obviously to watch 12s and watching other players. And what, you know, I, I've done scouting over the last few years where we've gone, you know, are we going to sign him? Are we going to pay money for him? And a big thing now is, you know, what we've what, what we found is we look at, we always try and find out about how he is on the, listen, take the technical, because you ain't going to, we, we know what he can do, technical tech. What is he like? What is his drive like? We always go back to our psych, like, you know, the three. What is his drive like? Has he got the desire? Do you know what I mean? Do, what's his body? We all look at body language as well now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? On the pitch. What cool. is he like? Is he throwing his arms up in there? Right. He's not right for our environment. Because we're mm-hmm. massive on our behaviours and values at Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. He ain't going to fit the values and behaviours of the football club. So we'll move on. We'll look at, you know, and, um, and, and a lot has been done with the recruitment guys to go, right, great. He's brilliant technical tactical, but what is he like? Let's get some background. But I want some background information. What's he like at school? And that's what we do now. A lot, of the, a lot of the recruitment stuff now, and because I'm involved in it a bit, we do a lot of background stuff on the players now. School, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and then I, I'm like, I, I'm not watching what he could... could if he's playing for for a national team, you know he's going to be a good player, but what is his body language like? does he does he has the drive do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. can he regulate when things aren't going right?
0: yeah when you identify a player, how long does it take for you to be like convinced of like okay he's the part like he's the player we want him
2: because obviously is it yeah, yeah, how long is it kind of?: It's a good question so, uh, we've made a decision on one session yeah
0: uh, yeah,
2: yeah we we signed a boy. We had a boy coming from from an athlete um, who was spotted by the recruitment guys. So we said, "Bring him in," um, and he trained once. And our technical director, Scott, went, "Sign him." <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and we we signed. We literally done. Where sometimes it'll be recruitment guys will go, and then somebody you know, some one of the senior staff will go, and it's it can be it can be a bit of a process, a long process, but. With it, with it now, I think with the way the obviously Brexit, you, we can't go and sign the foreign players. We used to obviously bring two or three foreign players in at 16. You know, we've got obviously we've got some Dutch boys up, we've got Spanish boys, we've got Portuguese boys, but, Portuguese but now you can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Portuguese <laughs> yeah. Portuguese <laughs> FC. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but we haven't, um, we can't now because of Brexit. So it's really the, the market now is so, so hard. That's why. We're re- we really focus on our pre-Academy under-8s. We've got, you know, we're you've got to get it right really lower down now, do you know what I mean? And, and you know, really, really get, literally, you're looking at like six or seven scholars that way, every, every group, do you know what I mean? And, and maybe getting one or two from a, a release from another club or that. But like you say, fifth, I think we've got a lot of, 15's a really good group, you know. Our group's now from probably, are, are, are not bad you're looking and potentially we've got eight nine scholars in, in, in you know potentially especially in the YDP now because it has changed because of Brexit where we used to go and probably go and get somebody like I said to you something you know somebody from Spain's from you know we signed a couple of uh, Dutch boys as well but we can't do that now but the decision is sometimes it's one you know one one session one game and yeah do it sign in
1: yeah. Talk about that recruitment. Obviously uh, Nuno was like well into his Portuguese players, you know. How's the new manager been uh, this season? Have you have, good. you have you
2: worked with him closely? Yeah, though? yeah, he's good. He's just you know, we watched I've watched him coach like very you know, very good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just I think he's you know, I think He's taking the team to, you know, like you say that, you know, we're seventh, eighth in the Premier League. Do you know I mean? And really well. you know, some of, you know, some of the results and some of the performances have been really good. Even at the beginning of the season, the first three games where we didn't take a point, I went, I watched the Leicester one. I didn't watch the top. One. I went to United game. Where we were, we, we, should have beat United at home. You know, I know United mm. fans. Honestly, I, you know, I hate
1: playing Wolves. Honestly, uh,
2: what, such a difficult team to play against. Thanks. Yeah. And I, I like you said, but he's, he's evolved. It's the same kind of system, but he's—I think—he's evolved it and take you. Do know I mean we're really, you know, we press a lot higher and, like yeah. I say, he's, he, he's a really good, you know, really good coach, and it's great that a lot of the younger players go down and and, and train there a lot, and obviously he's given Luke and Chem that you know their debuts this season the Premier League, which is fantastic, you know, and yeah. I think helps him. He's come from a development background as well, hasn't he? Benfica, his his background was academy then obviously got the, the first team job at Benfica, but you know, they have been the staff, you know, the, the staff have been excellent. Uh, you know, there is, like you say, there is, there is a together, you know, we call it the pack, the wall there is a togetherness there. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that, you know, a couple of the lads from the 23s train with them and obviously he's getting the debuts. We had trips down to Leicester and to Crystal Palace training grounds, sort of see the facilities. We had a couple of their coaches on the podcast and, um, Leicester have a, like all-together camp, whereas Crystal Palace have you know an academy camp and then a first-team camp. How is it at Wolves?
2: Oh, it's the one, if you were to come... Listen, you're quite welcome to come down whenever you want. It's We're all on one site. We're oh, all yeah. on one side. Yes, there's two buildings, but obviously that's been put because yeah. of COVID and that. Mm. But yeah. normally it was first-team, 23s and 18s in one building and then 9s and 16s in the other building. Mm. So... It'll probably, you know, probably next season, I don't know if it'll happen this season, but the 23s will go back probably over to, to the first team end. There is, you know, and we've got the picture really close together, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, there's this continuously communication between first team and 23s and 18s. You know, even like you say, the 18s have trained a lot with the first, first team as well, you know, especially when the 23s players... Uh, I've obviously got games and that, but a lot of the 23s players are the second year scholars anyway. Jeremy, yeah. so you know it's it's it is a club that's like I say it's a, a really tight training ground where where everyone is is together.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see how the different clubs sort of um, show that. Uh, route to the first team, you know. Yeah. Obviously I know that um man you do it a different way, Leslie obviously do it a different way. And it's it's just interesting to see for me anyway. Yeah. Definitely. Um but yeah, no in terms of like all the questions we had for you, they were all the questions. Um no, thanks no, so problem. much for coming on. I think in terms of a podcast for an Academy player, you know. I would definitely recommend this to any academy player listening because the stuff that you've said is so valuable to them in terms of you know what you're looking for in terms of making that bridge to getting a scholar or getting a pro contract. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing some time with us.
2: No, it's been a pleasure. Like I said, if you ever want to come to the training ground for a day, just let message me, not a problem. For sure, no, I'd love to. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, it'll be a pleasure.
1: Um, but yeah, is there anything you sort of want to shout out or say? Uh, we normally give this segment fit for you. You want to no,
2: say? no, no! I've really enjoyed speaking about it. Do you know what I mean it's been a uh, you know really good to to obviously talk about you know the, the, listen the, the good stuff that we do do at, uh, you know Wolverhampton Wanderers and how it's evolved. Do you know what I mean with the you know with the site support is that you know we're really good at you know our football club and we're massive, you know we're massive on it. Do you know what I mean and and obviously the, the support for the coaches as well as well as you know talk about the players, but then there's obviously there for the parents as well. Yeah, honestly, it sounds
1: like Wolves is such a good environment and such a good club at the moment. So, yeah, no, keep doing what you're doing. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You could please share this with your friends or someone you would feel would benefit from it. Most importantly, like, subscribe, comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get in the future. Uh, also, go follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Links will be in the description of the YouTube video or find us at Mastering the Mile podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.